I think we're going to do a job on them. And you stop? I would say 15. To 20? No, 15-ish. But like a solid back-in-your-box type moment. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Alan Quinlan, good morning to you. Morning, lads. How are you? How are you getting on? Very good, thanks. I've got a few um, comments into me here from my, uh, what I said to Ronan Agar earlier on about the overall quality of the six stations, which either I butchered what I meant to ask him or I've been slightly misrepresented the conversation. Mm. So I look to clear it up and to get your thoughts on it as well. Uh, Ireland obviously Go flying. match by match. Huh? Go match by match. Ireland flying, right? And uh, the way I posed it was to say that like you feel like nearly an Irish... There's like an Irish guilt on some level about, well, maybe the other teams just aren't, uh, you know, aren't all that this year. And that's why Ireland are going so well. Uh, I'm not saying that it hasn't been, uh, I might have butchered the question. I appreciate that. It's been a very good Six Nations, but there is something innate, uh, I think, in us as a nation where we, when we're on top looking down, we kind of feel like, oh, well, maybe it's not, it hasn't been the best year. But it's been, it has been. It's well, been if you were to rate the teams, who would you, you'd probably go Ireland, have played the best, yeah. Scotland. England. You'd, do they you'd come have expected in third? more no. from France, probably a little bit. Yeah, probably a bit. I think Italy. Italy, Italy played really well as regards viewing and good to watch. But sometimes the Six Nations can be cup rugby and teams really kind of going at each other and might be the most expansive rugby, um, particularly at the start of the, some tournaments. But I, look, it's been it's been very good. Wales have been. Disappointing in the way they've played. I think the Wales England game in round three. I did commentary for that. I found it a really difficult game. Both sides just kicked the letter off the ball. I think Wales England kicked it thirty eight times. Wales kicked it thirty four times. The kicking in the Ireland France game was quite high and similar, but just a different game. People were talking about it being one of the best halves of rugby they'd ever seen. And that's probably from neutrals, not Irish journalists, lots of English journalists. Um, you know, we were in the press room in uh, in Murrayfield watching that and people were kind of glued to it, thought it was a brilliant game, you know, from other countries. Um, so I think the quality at times has been the skill set and the ambition of teams has been very high. I think the execution has been poor at times. There's mitigating factors with that. Wales have been... All the off-field stuff has been difficult for them. Um, mixture of trying to bring in some young players and a changing of the old guard. Warren Gatlin spoke about that at the start of the tournament. Um, each Welsh team I've seen, I've kind of gone, well, that's not a bad team. That's not a bad, that's a good team. That's a good team. I think the cohesiveness and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, they've they've problems in certain areas. You know, I think Dan Bigger... Um, who is a, has been a wonderful player and there's no reason why he can't be a wonderful player for another couple of years, just kind of got into, a, a, he went into his shell a little bit and was kicking a lot. That comes down to confidence as well and being confident of the players around you. They have two 20-year-olds in the centres the last day against England. Um, so there's there's been mitigation for them there. Steve Bortwick taking over for England. Um, you know, He said at the start of the tournament after they were beaten by Scotland that they weren't good at anything. Um, which is a massive Interesting comment, statement, uh, really, because you know you think that comment will linger, mm. and if they don't, if they're not successful at the World Cup, well, you know people will refer back to it all the time. I think he's it's a type of person he is. He's a very honest guy, and 
I think he'll do well with England. Nick Evans in there with their attack, it's going to improve. England are kind of silently um, building a little bit. Um, obviously, they need to change their approach. And you can re- remind people, the listeners and anybody who knows rugby, you know, when Andy Farrell and, and Mike Cass kind of took over the reins, our attack struggled in Ireland for a bit. And there was a lot of talks about, you know, not using the attack breaking down continuously. So... Building an attack structure and changing behaviours of players takes takes a fair bit of time. So England are in that situation. I think they'll always have good players because they have so much depth. Um, Italy have been the one that has excited people, really, you know, and they're three games. I think in, in Twickenham they were out-muscled, weren't they, by England, who mauled a lot and were quite direct, didn't give them any kind of loose opportunities. But their performance against France and Ireland was really encouraging. And we all want to see that because we don't want to see England getting walloped. They'll be confident this weekend against Wales. Uh, talk to us about Peter Mann. He was uh, in with Nathan uh, yesterday and it was a um, short but interesting chat. We've been, uh, you and I, in his house a couple of years ago having a chat with him about other things as well. Uh, and I actually asked this co- uh, question in the context of us falling into the trap, the same as everybody else, of not focusing at times enough on the uh, positive stories you tend to go for the uh, the other side of things. Well, we're so, nervous, aren't we, because so, of what happened in 19, you know Yeah, I mean? but but, but afraid but, to get too far ahead of ourselves. About O'Mahony uh, particularly, uh, talk, let's pay a bit of homage to a guy who's been written off plenty of times we have tended to look at Nathan put it to him yesterday we tend to look at Peter Romani as if he's like 48 he's uh, still 33 I think it is and with plenty to offer and a guy who is just clearly not going anywhere anytime soon in the best possible sense yeah it's, he's been He's 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 a great leader, isn't he? And I think he's a positive influence in in any team he's in. If you look at the Munster career, it's been pretty tough. And um, you mean with coaches and stuff? Yeah, well, coaches and not winning trophies and always being the underdog and under pressure and not fancied, not having all that quality around him. Um, you know, and that's not to single Peter Manny out. Obviously, the other players as well. And you play provincial rugby for any of the provinces, whether it be Connacht, Ulster, Leinster you'd love to be in a situation where you're a genuine contender for Europe. And that was something that we, all my generational players on that Munster team, it was something that kind of kept us together and not many left. Everybody wanted to stay there. We were going to be in contention. And he's a very passionate Munster man, obviously, and wants to win. And there's been a lot of disappointing stories over the years. And that's kind of hard to take as a player. Mm. So it's a real measurement of his character as well and his resilience to kind of keep fighting back and uh, you know going out of those disappointment blocks and end of season stuff with Munster and, and turning up with you know Ireland and summer tours and performing and doing well um, it's not a fluke that he keeps getting picked I think his numbers as regards carries and um, wouldn't be as big as other back rowers but his biggest strength Peter is I suppose the breakdown and his line-out work is outstanding. And then when you bring a lot of leadership, uh, work rate and honesty and all that kind of stuff, he feeds feeds into whatever team he plays with um, in a very positive way. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's nice to see those things, those stories of players who've, you know, he's probably been written off a few times in the last number of years. And I think if you ask Peter, he's a pretty honest fella. At times his form probably dipped a little bit. There was one period there where people were questioning, should he be starting for Munster? Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, it's a sign of a player, and everybody has those kind of dips in their career, even at club at, at club level. So I think it's a good sign of of the measure of. And I think the one thing I don't think Peter O'Mahony will will. I think he's probably seems a bit more relaxed and happier and content in himself. Pressure can have a, a big bearing on how you approach your game and sport, because um, and you know New Zealand last year was. He was he was really big in those big games, and he's a big game player. So, you know, sometimes you'd love to see him get his hands on the ball more because I think, but that's not that's not his big strength. And when you have someone like Doris around you, I, you I'd nearly be just you take here. You go, and it happened with me with Munster. I most of the time, if I was a first receiver or a carrier, I was looking for Dave Wallace mm. because Wally was that get him the ball as quick as he can. But he's done well and. There's nobody can deny that, whether you have any provincial bias or anything like Peter O'Mahony, he's been a big player for Ireland. And he signed up, he signed a new contract, didn't he, recently enough for another year. Mm. And, um, you know, like nobody should raise any eyebrows at that. Like he's, he, funny in the interview, he spoke about the quality. He was sort of removing himself from the conversation a little bit, but spoke about the quality of some of the players that you've mentioned there. Um, but you're saying, like, as you know, obviously the, he, he mentioned as well, he talked about the line out and realising at a point in his career that he needed to have something that was like a USP for him, essentially, which seemed to be that area. Maybe the bit of a dog as well, I'm sure, is. Uh, well, is you know, the dog thing is just determination and it's an abrasiveness that it's natural there in him. A fight, he's the kind of fellow you would want to go into battle, go to the south of France. And, you know, with your backs against the wall, um, a crowd baying for blood, that kind of a situation. Someone like him in New Zealand would, he'd kind of be inspiring people around him to say, let's let's go for this. This is brilliant. Our backs are to the wall. So, you know, but the, look, there's many other good players in that team. James Ryan has a real edge about him back. I think it's brilliant to see that. Um, you know, Doris... Uh, Playing, a lot of them have furlong even you see at times yeah, for, furlong is a fella like if you're hovering around the breakdown trying to steal a ball and tight furlong is coming at pace you'll know about it you know <laughs> Sheehan is um, so there, you know Porter has that real aggressive kind of name mm-hmm. you need that confrontational thing which which is controlled and um, I think if you ask the, the, aside from me saying this if you ask the Irish players honestly how important he is around the group um, there's no guarantee he starts every match because that's the competition that's here at the moment, which is a perfect scenario, is these guys have got to keep performing, mm-hmm. or else. And you know, he came off early in the in the last game. Um, you know, if if you, you make changes and you want your bench to be an impact as well, so you want kind of tight marginal calls with players getting selected right across the board. So um, he's got to keep performing if he wants to keep going. I think was it before the Wales game we asked you about the the rivalry with the Welsh and you were kind of pointing out that you always felt the Scottish rivalry was had a bit more vigour and bite to it. Like the Irish players in the press conferences this week have been very generous toward the Scots. I think Johnny Sexton said it's the, the best Scotland team he's come up against. Is, like, is that is that mind games in your no, experience in the week? It's not Shane because if you ask me about Scotland, I'd be pretty nervous about Sunday. I you know people are saying. Um, Will we win? Will we win? The obvious question that you get from the layperson on the street. It's. It's. I, I don't know. It's. I think. You know, if Ireland play well, and it's the if, and there's no reason why we we shouldn't play well and yeah. and be in that type of a cauldron and perform because we've we've kind of done it consistently. Um, you you kind of have fear sometimes when you're on a really good run. It it kind of ends at some stage, you know what I mean? Or you get a bad day at the office or... Uh, 
um, like I know what, what, you're what happened to your team last Sunday. I hate to bring it up again, but you know, seven up. You left the seven up outside Quinny as but, well. I noticed. But sometimes you can be in a really consistent run, and and it might be just something in the during the week where you've relaxed a little bit, or somebody, a couple of players have just waited for somebody else to do something mm. or expected it to happen. I think this Irish team are are pretty balanced as regards experience and youthful exuberance. Yeah. There's plenty of that there. You can imagine what Johnny Sexton and the likes of Peter O'Mahony and you know Bondiakis and these guys will be saying. They've been around a fair bit. Um, they've seen some of the tough times as well. They've all experienced 2019, that disappointment. So those kind of reminders and they would have the experience to remind Ireland if we're not on the money here and if we don't come with the right attitude and it isn't about kind of easing your way into the game they've got to go out and impose themselves because I have no doubt Scotland will come hard at them Um, they'll be really energetic and enthused and uh, full of vigour early on in the game and pretty ferocious in, in their approach because if I was in the Scottish team I'm thinking the number one best team in the world are coming they're kind of similar size playing population to us uh, their provinces have been pretty dominant against dominant against our teams in the last few years um, they as a national team have beaten us a lot there's a lot to gain here there's a triple crown on the line we want to enhance our careers get better opportunities as players uh, with different clubs around Europe all that kind of stuff so there's loads and loads of stuff here and look you win, you're passionate about your country. They're very passionate, the Scots, about what they possibly can do. And I, I think they look like there's a bit of a zip about them, you know, and what they're doing. And, uh, you know, they had a tough World Cup as well, hadn't they, in 2019. Gregor, Gregor Townsend was nearly gone. So this is a good good Scotland team. Uh, Pierce Schoeman has made a difference to them. He's carries so much to lose said. He's powerful, strong scrummager. Turner, the hooker, George Turner, has been outstanding for them. Um, and their back row, Matt Fagerson, I think he's spoken this week about that there is no kind of hatred between the two mm-hmm. countries. Um, but he's been brilliant for them, and they're two centres. So they've, I think they have a real balance. People ask where, where, where have they improved and why are they better? A lot of focus on Finn Russell, but I think there's a lot of other players there that can really hurt you. Two below two in the centre has been a great find for them. Hugh Jones back. Um, really balanced runner, always looking for the gap. Um, so they have a lot of really good players. And the scrum half, Ben White, has done brilliantly. Yeah. He's done really brilliant for them. The uh, Ireland team have been able to today, but I'm going to, Jerry Thornley is the team here, so I'll give people a sense of what he has and get your reaction to that. And it seems like it's kind of replicated across the board, maybe not hugely surprising. But Hugo Keenan at full back, you have Hansen and uh, Lowe on the wings. Uh, Ringrose and Aki, um, if this is to be believed, is how he'll go in midfield. Uh, Sexton and the returning Gibson Park, then at the halfbacks. And then Porter, Sheehan, and Furlong back in the front row. Ryan and Henderson in the second row. And then Omani van der Fleer and Kellen Doris has become the norm in the back row. And then in the bench, uh, Kelleher, Kilcoyne, Healy back in the bench, Tom O'Toole, because Bielham is out, uh, Ryan Baird, Jack Conan, Conor Murray, Ross Byrne, and Robbie Henshaw uh, taking the 23 jersey. And that would mean McCluskey, obviously, uh, missing out as well. But it's sort of a mix of, obviously, a bunch of players coming back from long-term injuries, Quinny, and you don't really, you know, I'm thinking about Henshaw maybe specifically, but you don't want to rush everybody back maybe at the same time? I think they would have probably um, trained pretty well. And if, look, I think some of these players could have played a few weeks ago mm. if, if in Italy, if, yeah. if needed. Um, I think Andy Farrell has spoken about 
you know, the setbacks and, and how that's been good for the squad because you're probably going to have more setbacks in the lead up to the World Cup. You you hope you have a clean bill of health. But to have this much quality coming back into any side, any sporting team, if you have five or six of your best players, starters, British and Irish lines coming back into your team, you know, Furlong, what a player, what a what a leader, um, great experience. Um, he's a British and Irish line O'Mahony is, uh, Robbie Henshaw is, Gibson Park probably would be if there's a, if there was one picked this year, Gary mm-hmm. Ringrose would be if there was one picked this year. Um, they're incredible players to have back, and there's, is there a risk in that? The risk is some of them, namely Furlong, Henshaw, and Gibson Park, haven't played any rugby in a couple of months. Um, I think Robbie Henshaw goes back to November, does he? With yeah, hamstr- starts December, yeah. Ham- hamstring and wrist injury then in, in January. Uh, Furlong goes back to the 3rd of December. Gibson Park, is he's had a pretty stop-start season with injuries. So um, we've seen lots of players and, and quality players come back and, and it's how they manage them off the field and kind of what, whatever kind of off-field fitness and stuff that they do that they can keep that endurance going but nothing replicates playing matches so but to have them back and to have them back for this kind of last little block of two really really vital games is is massive for them let's give the Scots something to stick on their dressing room wall Quinny Andy Dunn said we're going to do a number on them 10 oh, 15 I points don't, I don't, I, look if Ireland play um, and, are, and implement themselves and kind of bring a bit of power and intensity and mm. and uh, I think if they take their opportunities, Ireland will create chances and if they're accurate. Again, I'm I'm a bit of a glass half empty sometimes when I'm in this situation. As I was like that as a player and that kind of uh, invigorated me and kind of made me kind of anxious. And that anxiety then you can kind of use in a positive way that mm. it doesn't allow you to be complacent. But modern sports people are not afraid to, to, ex- to expect... So I think Ireland will expect to go and win there. And that's not a cockiness. So it's it's a real kind of another string to this kind of mental strength, if you like, that you expect to go and win there. Why, why won't we go and win there? Yeah. We're not looking for reasons as to why not. We respect the opposition and, and it sounds quite boring, but Ireland will expect to go and win there. Any team that can win the two tests like they did in New Zealand, win a series, um, I think they're very humble as regards the coach kind of sets that standard that, you know, you hear this player speak and coaches speak about the opposition all the time and you mentioned it there Shane about is it compliments that everyone's talking up Scotland the Irish players I think they're very mindful of what Scotland can do and the evidence of what we've seen so they went to Paris and they easily could have won that game they asked so many questions of France and they'll ask questions of Ireland Sunday so I don't think Ireland will be any way complacent and if Ireland lost this game I wouldn't be that concerned mm. I wouldn't Depends go, on the nature God, of the defeat. The, the, the air is after coming out of the balloon right. now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't because, like, you know, I, sometimes you play a sport, Adrian, and you end up um, having a bit of an off day and the opposition have this incredible surge and they get a few bounces. of the But just ball. that all our frontliners, most of them are back. That would be the one concern. Then you'd be like, oof. No, I, mean, I wouldn't because week. then you have you have an obvious example of that they're a bit rusty and they haven't, you know, they haven't, uh, it wouldn't be an excuse, it'd be a reality. So rolling the dice, bringing back the players, and I don't think Andy Andy Farrell will be, of, um, I think, I like the fact that, you know, he's quite relaxed about 
the cards he's been dealt yeah. with the injuries and stuff like that and as I said they wouldn't put the players back in if they weren't kind of in good shape and training well and look sharp this week or maybe last week in their mini camp but you still never know you still never know but like if you had those players available to Adrian to put him back in you'd be kind of gone give, let's, let's go give us in a, in a word you're going for Ireland and I don't want to be putting words in your mouth by what as quick as you can maybe 7-8 seven, points seven, and points. but it could go the other way. That's the reality. But I, you know, I'll stick to Ireland, given on what they've shown us. Quinlan says Ireland by seven months. eight points is the uh, yeah, takeaway. There's something for that. From this, but the Scots won't mind saying that because they probably think that you know they will use that little bit of uh, chip in the shoulder maybe on Sunday, and yeah. uh, they'll certainly bring that. Enjoy the games over the weekend, Quinny. Thanks, William. Cheers, lads. Catch up with you next week. Kid. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.